Hello and welcome to the next episode of the ABC Music Talk podcast. This episode forms another part of the basics category that I'm running throughout this podcast series. And in this one, I want to try and cover a phrase that I've heard many, many times in my career, which is, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I thought it was something we should probably talk about. To me, this is a a phrase that, as I say, I've heard throughout my entire career and, and therefore I suspect it probably refers to a time before where we are today. So I thought I'd, I'd cover this, especially as I'm guessing quite a few of my listeners are people who, who are new to the music industry or at least curious about getting into the music industry. And so I have a feeling you'll also come across that phrase many times before, if not already. If you haven't come across it before, perhaps uh, I can just quickly go over what I think it means and what, generally speaking, it's considered to be uh, a reference to, uh, which is... The, somebody's ability to have an impact or progress themselves or perhaps a project that they're working on, not based on what they know, but more about their network and who they know. It, it often gets referred to in a sort of, uh, you know, a slightly derogatory way of, um, well, that, that, that was easy for them because it's who they know, it's not what they know, as in they're not that good necessarily at what they do or they're not particularly special but they know the right people and therefore they're having the, the right level of impact. I think that um, it doesn't necessarily suggest that they're completely clueless, but it does suggest that you can kind of get away with you know, being not that good at something because as long as you've got the right network, you can still have an impact. So I, I, I thought probably the, the, the biggest question that I wanted to try and cover with this was, is, is, is that still relevant today? Personally, it's always felt slightly at odds with my own experience coming into the music industry, you know, despite the fact that these days I'm considered a little bit of a veteran of the business. Uh, you know, I was probably one of the first to be formally educated in, in the music industry. I, I mean, I literally, my degree course was literally a uh, something called uh, music industry management, which, you know, really was a, a business course that they'd kind of converted uh, for the music industry. So it did cover things, you know, we had copyright lawyers come in and talk to us about, you know, that and, and how it relates to, you know, licensing practices. Um, A&R people came in and, and talked to us about that. You know, there was a recording studio and we, you know, we learned about some of the basics of recording. We had studio managers come in, we had uh, live promoters, uh, live uh, event managers, and, you know, we learned about all sorts of different things to do with kind of every sort of facet of the music industry. Yeah, it was a, you know, it was a pretty decent course by, by all accounts and, and certainly gave me a good grounding in, in you know, what became my, my future career, which is, of course, the point of it. Um, but, and, and as I say, I think that, you know, from that, and I, I was like, I think the third year uh, out, you know, to go through this course of, I'm sure at the time in the UK, at least it was the only one of its kind. And so that really does suggest that, you know, that that, that was it, you know, that, that I was the sort of you know, beginning of this new generation of people that were going to be formally educated in in the music industry. And and I think that that's kind of continued. I think there's been a little bit of a change in attitude towards the, t- the sorts of people that, that should be in the industry. And I say that, you know, be- from a sort of formal education point of view, because I think previously, and I think this is, you know, true to a certain degree, a little bit unfair, of course, to, to certain people, but um, th- typically the industry was full of previous, you know, to, m- to me joining it was really just full of, enthusiasts 
and I hate to say it, but full of chances as well. Um, and, you know, chances perhaps a little strong, but uh, the, the enthusiast bit is definitely true. Um, of course, it was, you know, it had people from other industries uh, that brought in their, their skill sets around, uh, you know, law or finance or business, sales, etc. Um, you know, logistics for perhaps for distribution. Um, so, yeah, absolutely ha- had, you know, professionals within it, of course. Uh, chances, though, were, were that, you know, an example would be a manager. Um, you know, sometimes it was the parent of the artist uh, or the friend of the band, right? And you know, and suddenly they were they were the manager, and it was an, an official role, and you know, this was an actual job that they were getting paid for. But they didn't have any experience with either being a manager or in the industry. You know, they perhaps hadn't had any marketing experience or, or distribution experience, so they were kind of feeling their way through it as much as anyone else. I think another role that was, you know, sort of in this category was, and again, this probably leans slightly more on the enthusiast side of it, but I think has an element of the chancer to it, which is the talent scout. I mean, ultimately, you know, really, you just needed to, to know about music and hopefully uh, were quite embedded into, into culture and community in order to, um, you know, try and extract from it uh, the the next big hit, right? That was kind of the, the point of the talent scout, um, which obviously often leads to a role in a, in in A and R or something like that. And and quite frankly, that again is like the dark arts to me. Um, it's it's a little mysterious. And but the people that are good at it are, are absolutely brilliant at it. Um, and and largely, I think it's just they're paying attention to things that um you know seem a little bit trivial uh, to to most people. Um, and and they turn that into a real art form. And it, and it's and it's honestly truly brilliant. Um, but I guess you can't really be taught that stuff, right? That that comes from a, a pure enthusiast point of view. Um, but yeah, so I think there's been that that sort of that, that sort of change that's been going on, and and I think it's probably a little bit of a catalyst for this is where, as technology has really become a huge part of um, you know the uh, uh, the everyday life in the industry. And certainly the, the types of roles that I'm seeing advertised are very specialist. And, you know, I'm looking at them thinking, you know, thank God I've got, you know, kind of my own path already carved out because I don't even know what that job is. You know, that's not something that I, I would, would be almost impossible for me to kind of go and learn and be good at it because I'm too far behind the curve. Uh, and, you know, that's perhaps coming from, you know, somebody who's just sat and learned about, you know, various bits of marketing and, and certainly the new tools that are available and all the rest of it, uh, you know, and they're bringing that into the in, into the into the into the, the, the industry. Um, so, um, so the, so the what, um, I, I've talked a lot about formal education, but of course the, the what in the phrase is also in reference to experience, right? And, you know, that, that's a large, large part of, you know, the, the what, um, because you're, you're learning on the job a lot of the time. Um, again, because some of it, yeah, because it's art, right? You can't always be taught about that because art constantly changes and morphs and has influence from everywhere. Um, and so uh, this is where I think this phrase gets a little bit messy, right? Because ultimately, you know, your your experience, if you think about that, it, it really is then a reference point to your own network of, of the people that you know, and therefore the who aspect to this phrase, because uh, it, it, it almost can't not be, right? And I'm not saying it has to be a very large network, but ultimately your experience is going to be being experienced with being in the industry and therefore, uh, you know, being around other people. It's just it's just naturally that that's how it's going to be. Um, and so uh, that, that's where I think the, this this phrase gets a little bit kind of messy or it probably always has been. But, um, you know, in particular, that that's how I see it right now. And so therefore, the who aspect of this, you know, I think often when people say the phrase, they are they are making a reference to powerful or influential people. But ultimately, for me, I think it, it's much more about whether or not somebody's useful or not. 
uh, because you can achieve an awful lot if you surround yourself by very useful people. So they don't have to be kind of the CEO of a particular company or a particular celebrity, although often those people are incredibly helpful and therefore useful. Um, but, you know, it could just be that, you know, it's somebody with a particular skill set that, that you've, you've added to your team to achieve your goal and therefore your who aspect, your network, your it, that's nothing to do with what you know. It's, it's about who you know. Um, so, yeah, I guess what I'm doing at this point is kind of arguing both sides of the coin. Um, I think also on the who side of things, what I think what, once you what you figure out later on as you as you kind of step through this and perhaps have a little bit of budget, normally money's involved, is you can actually hire a lot of the who aspects that, you know, connected people. Um, and that, that can be across many different disciplines, whether that's business development or perhaps, uh, you know, a radio plugger or a publicist. Um, of course, sometimes you can't actually hire those people because they literally won't work with you. It's not because they have, uh, you know, a set of principles. I mean, sometimes that's what it is, but often it's, you know, they've got a full roster that they, they just can't take on any more clients um, or they, they don't necessarily like the music or believe in the artist or or whatever, right? That You know, there's sort of a, a, a different reason to why they won't work with you. But ultimately, once you've made that contact, then they form part of your network. And hopefully if they're good and they've told you, no, I'm not working with you for that reason, that when they do actually work with you, that, you know, they become part of that who part of the concept, which is, you know, they got, they helped you get ahead because, you know, it's who you know, you've got the right plugger or you've got the right publicist. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's, as I say, it's, it's quite a funny phrase to me about kind of, the, it's, you know, if you take it in its very literal sense, um, it's really kind of not actually always that <laughs> that accurate, but sometimes it is, it absolutely is. Um, look, I mean, music, it connects people, right? Um, it, it's it's a, it's about people. So the, the, the who aspect, I'm not ever rubbishing it um because i know how important that is i I live and breathe it my 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 network is kind of everything to me um but i I, so so i suppose sort of in conclusion and one of the things i did was i thought well rather than just take my opinion for i I ran a a, a twitter poll and what i thought was really fascinating was 80 percent of the people because i asked them the question you know is it who or what right so who or what were two of the options but then i also gave them a little bit of a kind of get out of jail free card and gave them the the both option and 80% of the people uh, voted for both. Um, but interestingly, 20% voted for the who aspect, which, of course, is in line with you know what the phrase represents, which I thought was interesting, um, but ultimately perhaps not that surprising, given it's such a, such a well-known phrase. Um, one, of, one of my friends who's a, who's a manager, uh, so in that bracket of chances, <laughs> he'll, he'll hate me for saying that, um, uh, fact, fantastic guy, um, but he, uh, you know, he said, well, I'd also say that who you know becomes so because of what you know. So for him, like you're almost kind of flipping the the phrase on it on its head, which I thought was quite interesting way of looking at it. But ultimately, very much in line with some of the things that I, I've been talking about uh, in this episode. Um, the other thing I, I thought was something to to to, to mention and, and and sort of emphasize was that, that when we're talking about you know your your kind of your your own persona within the industry, your 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 network. Um, you're also part of somebody else's network and often many other people's network. And so if you think back to what I was saying about how you don't have to be powerful or influential um, and it's more about being useful, then you've got to be useful to other people. Otherwise, you're not going to have your own network and you can only be useful if you actually know something. So that's where the what part of it comes back into it. Otherwise, you know, why why would they, you know, keep you in in the network or close in the network if you if you're not, not very useful to them? And so you've got to be able to know you've got to 
got to know something to, in order to be useful to them. So I, th- I think that, that was worth kind of pointing out. Um, but regardless, for me, this has always been about both. It's, it's not one or the other. And that's why I think the phrase is, is, is a little outdated. Um, and so I, I wanted to kind of just sort of close on, uh, you know, some a little bits of advice uh, this I hope is obvious to most people, but perhaps it's, just, it's still, I think it's still worth, worth saying. Obviously, get out there and meet people, build that network. That's incredibly important. The other thing is be nice to people on their way up because you'll need them uh, as you go down. Uh, and I, I know this personally, um, I, and actually I've always taken a, 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 a an attitude towards hiring people. And I've, I've hired a lot of people over the years, either directly for my own companies or, uh, you know, for, for other people's. And I always try and hire people that I genuinely believe I could work for one day. Um, you know, not at that moment because they weren't as experienced or as senior, uh, you know, and they don't have that role. But but I see that sort of potential in them. Um, and so if I'm hiring people like that, of course, I'm going to be nice to them because that's kind of in the back of my head. Right. I'm thinking that could be the boss of the, the, the company that, you know, I'm going to work with one day. Uh, so. I mean, look, that's a simple do as you would be done by kind of mantra in life. But um, certainly the music industry, it's it's incredibly um, apparent because I think a lot of the time, you know, where you've got an industry that often leans heavily on the youth culture. You know, if you look at the kind of demographic breakdown of, uh, say, a Spotify user. So that's, you know, one of the largest ways of making money from recorded music. You know, it's in that sort of 18 to 24 year old bracket. And so. The, the the industry execs that are going to have a lot of impact right now are probably going to be around that age or certainly closer to it and so you know that's the new people coming up and but eventually they will become you know older and wiser and more senior in the industry but you'll be much much older by that point and so you'll be on your way down and so those those you know young folks you had in your office in, during that interview give them the time of day you know if you think that they're Often the way that they're presenting themselves or thinking, then tell them. But you know, do it in a do it in a way that's hopefully constructive criticism. Don't be dismissive. Uh, you know, be be nice to people. Um, the other thing is uh, regarding the other side of the, this phrase is the, the what bit, which is you can always learn and master. You know more, and and I I would say just stay hungry, stay hungry for knowledge. Don't ever. Th- get to the point where you think you know everything. I've definitely been guilty of that in the past. um, And, you know, you can often come come across as incredibly condescending. uh, And it's not until you kind of sort of get past that little bit of ego that you realise that, damn, you know, I I, I need to to really double down and learn because there's this whole new wave of stuff that's coming through. Uh, so, so you know, stay hungry and learn, and and you know, ramp up the the what aspect to this as much as your 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 network. Um, so that that that's all for now. I hope that was interesting. Um, I'd love to hear some some comments and feedback, and and again, you know, suggestions perhaps you know based on this theme for a future episode. Um, I use Twitter. My handle is at, at Alex Branson. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, as I've mentioned before in previous episodes, if you put podcast DM, uh, and I will follow you back and then we can have a, a you know, direct message conversation or head to the website, www.abcmusic.co. There's a contacts page on there and you'll find my email address on there and you can drop me a line there as well. So I hope that was interesting. Thank you for listening.